everyone, this is Modern Mongolia, and I'm Donna. Thank you very much for being here. In this episode, I talked with Sebastian. He's from England, and he's teaching English in Mongolia. get to know that Sebastian enjoys the coldness of Mongolia because he likes winter and cold weather. Also, you will hear about the struggles that he felt during the strict lockdown in Yubi last spring and a couple of very interesting stories that he experienced while living in Mongolia for last three years. And for just a side note, I recorded this session almost three weeks ago and I procrastinated a lot to put it together and put it online because there was a minor technical issue and some intrusion which distracted me very much and it was very cringy to go back to my recording and listen to myself rambling like an idiot. Yeah, it happens and I confess my procrastination and now I realize that this is part of my learning process. Anyway, Sebastian was very nice, chill person to talk to. And here we go. Thank you for coming to the podcast. So uh, at first, would you mind telling uh, to the listener that what made you come to Mongolia? Okay, so um, I wanted to come and teach somewhere that was, you know, a bit more unusual. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people, they end up teaching in Thailand or China. Um, and I wanted to do something a bit different. So after researching countries and what they were like, Mongolia seemed the most interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And that's and why that's... you came here. Uh -huh. um, so how do you feel about like living in Mongolia? How do you like it? And so you told me that it's been like three years now. And how are you uh, finding it? I'm really enjoying it. You know, like Mongolia uh -huh. seems like home now. Mm -hmm. No, um, yeah, I'm really happy here. I don't see any need to really leave. You know, it's become, yeah, somewhere I just call home now. It's mm -hmm. a pleasant place to live. I enjoy all the seasons. I enjoy the culture, the food, the people are nice. So yeah, it's a great place to be. That's, that's great to hear about that. So I don't know, this, uh, this year, this spring is very cold and summer is still not here so about the weather sometimes it's a bit upsetting but it's fine <laughs> yeah but for um, me actually winter is my favorite season oh so then it's you're lucky actually one. to be here <laughs> yeah mm. could you tell me about like how was those first period of time when you were settling in ub like, um, how was your first experiences like first coming <clears throat> to mongolia and getting, getting to know the culture and meeting with new people? I found it to be mostly extremely positive. Um, mm -hmm. The school I worked for were very good and very welcoming and setting me up here in Mongolia, like with a, a pleasant apartment, internet, and they were always there to like help out with any problems with communication in the beginning. Uh -huh. um, and just the social network within the school was very good. You know, they were very welcoming to people and it was easy to make friends, I found. 
I'd say it's definitely um, easier to make friends here than when I lived in Thailand. I think it's a closer community, really, and a bit more open, maybe, as well. I see. Um, so before you come to Mongolia, uh, you were working in Thailand and... I was actually also working English. in Myanmar. Ah, Myanmar. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I was in Myanmar for two years and I was in Thailand for eight years, I think. Mm -hmm. So could you tell me a bit about your job, like uh, international school? Uh, is it the secondary school? No, it's a pri uh, well, we do have a secondary school, actually. Uh -huh. um, but I teach in the kindergarten and primary section, uh -huh. so I work with the younger children. Um, so for them, like, most of them actually have a very good level of English, so communication is quite easy in a way with them. Um, but, you know, of course, they're very young, they're very energetic. So that where, you know, that's where the challenge is, but I enjoy it and I really enjoy teaching them. They're a great bunch of kids to teach. They're mm -hmm. mostly very polite and well-behaved and keen to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, they bring a lot of energy to the day, which is fantastic. Be that online or in person, like teaching them online, it, it's been great. I've been so proud of them, like how quickly they were able to adapt to the situation and the positive energy that they would bring each day online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been very positive teaching and working here in this job. Sure. What were the insights about like children um, teaching Mongolian children and what did you find it more different than the other, other countries and teaching uh, children there? Um, I would say that Mongolian children, they don't struggle so much with critical thinking and questioning things as much as Myanmar and Thailand. And I think that is a cultural thing. It's just a bit of a no-no to question your teacher in Myanmar and to an extent in Thailand as well, but not to such a higher degree. But here, like, you know, they're very inquisitive and they can vocalize it and they ask <laughs> questions. So I'd say that's, yeah, one of the differences. I see. Well, uh, for me, I think teaching young kids, is, it seems very difficult, actually, very demanding. And like, I have to be very um, sensitive and also caring. For me, I find it very difficult to teach anything to other people, but it's a, it's a hard work. Yeah. But it's also very ener um, energetic and very, very nice. Yeah, it's very rewarding. That's rewarding, sure. yeah. Seeing them like progress and learn to read because, you know, teaching kindergarten on first grade, it's all about the alphabet and building that into reading in English. And that's, you know, really rewarding to see them able to pick up books in English and start to read them and enjoy them. Mm -hmm. How well are you familiar with the expats community in Mongolia? Because I'm um, not very familiar with the community, but I'm starting to know and I'm starting to meet some people through this podcast. So uh, how was your experience? I'm somewhat involved in it, but I have more local friends really than mm -hmm. expat friends mainly through work. I think I work with a lot of obviously Mongolian colleagues and they speak English. We're an international school. So I've become involved, you know, like in their social life and, you know, just people I've met actually, like um, 
as I said, Mongolia is quite an open and friendly society. So making friends here is definitely not a challenge. You will, if you come to Mongolia, you're definitely going to make friends. That's, that's for sure, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's for sure. Have you managed to travel to the other uh, regions of the country? What was your favorite places? Um, so my favorite region um, so far, I mean, Ahangai was very beautiful. Like they say it's Mongolia's most beautiful province, right? But mm-hmm. yeah. I don't mean to enough provinces actually to make that judgment, but it is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, other cities I really like uh, Edinit. Like, I mm-hmm. think it's a very, it's got a very different vibe to UB. I think in a good way though. It's a bit more laid back and life is a bit slower there. I can definitely appreciate, you know, the vibe in Edinit. Yeah, yeah. And um, Omnigovi present uh, province, I really liked it. Like uh, the Amek capital, Dalangazad, is a very mm-hmm. pleasant place just to hang out in for a bit and base your travels around the province from there the dunes are pretty amazing like it's like walking on a different planet you know i've never experienced that before um and um i've seen hobskull lake uh both frozen for the ice festival and um as a you know liquid lake as it were in um the summer mm-hmm. personally yeah. i preferred it in the winter but that's because winter is my favorite season and i love the cold so so you're one of those few people who like the winter i've met so few people who like the winter a few um months ago i was actually doing a kind of a video recording for my friend's language school and i i finally met another person who prefers winter Mm -hmm. i was very happy very excited (laughs) to find this person finally Mm -hmm. who's like me a bit weird and likes winter Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of activities did you find nice to do during the winter? Like what do you do in the winter? I go hiking. I go uh-huh. hiking in like 30 below freezing. No problem. Just put on the right clothes. And it's beautiful up in the mountains with all the snow. And if you have the right equipment, it's fine, I think. Also, mm-hmm. um, the ice festival was amazing. Like travel in winter is definitely harder. But I think it's the reward is quite worth it for the pictures you can take and the experiences you will have. Mm -hmm. And coming into like a warm gear is just one of the best feelings in the world. Like if it's freezing outside and you step into that warm gear and just chill out, have some good food. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have only seen the pictures of the ice festival, but I have never been there myself. So uh, as you said, the pictures look amazing on the frozen Hoopsville Lake. Of course, the experience must be like much more. Yeah, I highly recommend uh, making the trip to see the ice festival when it's held again. What is your favorite um, food, Mongolian food? that you would like to share, or you can share uh, some of your favorite spots in UB. So favorite food, hmm, mountain boots is my uh-huh. absolute favorite Mongolian food. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, closely probably followed by soyben. And of course, hosho. Ah, yeah, 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 sure. Um, Favorite spots in UB. So 
I like to go walking and hiking a lot. So for me, like um, down by the river is one of my favorite spots just to go walking. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love walking on the river in winter when it freezes over. You know, that's a very unique experience for me coming from Myanmar and Thailand where, of course, nothing ever freezes. It's incredibly hot. Um, so that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, going downtown, um, a lot of expats, they like, uh, you know, go to Skywalker in Shangri-La Mall. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great place mm-hmm. just to kick back and enjoy some time and relax. So, yeah. Um, Shopping-wise, depends for what. Like, I'm not really a big shopper and I would rather get it over as quickly as possible. So, Gujangarav is pretty good. Like, as a one-stop shop, I can pretty much get everything I need and be out fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Sunday market, great clothes, but always very crowded. So I definitely have to <laughs> like myself yeah. up to be, you know, in that frame of mind to deal with Sunday Plaza. I actually like Narantal a bit more. It's open air and it seems less crowded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to the um, um, Narantal market, have you, uh, you just mentioned it, right? So that's yeah. actually a whole another experience. Yeah, I know. You know, have, yeah, you, really, have you tried bargaining with uh, bargaining with the shopkeepers? Yes, um, I've never been ripped off there. There's so many uh-huh. things I read online. I like, don't go to Naranto. The drunks will provoke you. You know, the, mm, yeah, yeah, sure. you know, you'll be ripped off. Yeah, none of that has ever happened in three years. So maybe uh-huh. that's out of date, and you know, someone needs to, you know, update the writing on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, uh, if you go for shopping in Narantos, it's you can find the same stuff, which is in, in the like um, elegant shops in the city center. You can find it exact the same thing, actually, with much, much less price. I, yeah. Yeah. But also, as you said, there might be some encounters with the drunk people and you have to deal with the uh, pickpockets. And yeah, that's the thing that you should um, pay attention. But otherwise, it's, um, it's nice to ex- explore the, the market. Yeah. yeah, there's so much going on there. Like, you know, with all the um, kind of Mongolian antiques and things right at the back. Ah, that's, yes, a really yes, inter- that's a really interesting area. Like, yes. you can find some very unique things for your apartment, Mm-hmm. and not spend a fortune on it as well so yeah, exactly. uh, I just remembered that um, I had a roommate from Myanmar but and uh, actually I had I lived with her like six five six months but I couldn't actually manage to become more close and learn about her culture so um, could you tell a little bit about Myanmar uh, I know it's a little bit off the topic of this podcast, but oh, no that would be, I think, interesting also. So Myanmar was a really fantastic place to live. Um, it's obviously, you know, very much a developing country. So mm-hmm. you sort of have to go there with this open mind about the infrastructure. It just probably uh-huh. won't exist um, to the level you would expect mm-hmm. um, or be used to. But the people are extremely welcoming, like probably some of the friendliest and most welcoming you'll ever meet. Uh Um, It's extremely hot. Like if you don't like 
hot weather, you might struggle a bit, actually, in Myanmar. It can be quite oppressively hot sometimes. Um, with it being undeveloped, you know, like, it means, like, the tourist infrastructure isn't actually really quite there yet, but maybe that is not such a bad thing. I mean, it means that the uh, countryside is untouched, um, apart from some large mining projects in some parts. So if you like hiking, I think Myanmar is a, it's a you know, dream destination. You can go swimming around these beautiful waterfalls. You can go hiking up mountains to pagodas where monks actually still live. It, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the food is pretty good as well. Um, it's not as spicy as its neighbor Thailand. So it's a bit more of a mellow taste with more aromatic herbs. So it's pretty unique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe, do you know if there's someone from Myanmar in Mongolia? Do you know if there is someone here? No, but maybe soon there will be. Like, I'm trying to convince one of my friends to come out here and teach. Mm-hmm. And um, he has um, a Myanmar uh, girlfriend. So mm-hmm. she would obviously be coming too. So, yeah, if she comes, she speaks English fluently. She's also an English teacher. So, yeah, she'd be a great person to interview and talk about Myanmar and the issues they've been having with the the coup from the army and um, just life in Myanmar. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Have you met someone very interesting, like, from other country that you find it very fascinating when you were living in Mongolia? Yes, um, I met a French uh, man and he was walking mm-hmm. across all of Mongolia. So we had Wow. He's kind of cart behind him and he was just walking across. We randomly met him while we were staying with some nomads in uh, Hustay National Park. Mm-hmm. We'd gone to see the, the tacky horses. And um, obviously, you know, mostly um, around it's uh, livestock and Mongolian nomads. And then somewhere, you know, from out of nowhere comes this giant white guy walking across the step, like with a huge, you know, cart behind him. <laughs> And he's like uh, pulling the cart. Yeah, he's pulling the cart like it's wow. kind of strapped onto him, and he's uh-huh. just walking, walking. Wow, that's interesting. Must be a, a really quite an adventure. He was interesting to talk to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely sounds. In- Do you find something very strange? I think by for now, like for three years, I think you find it everything about the culture and um, about the people, behavior and attitude, everything is kind of familiar now, but do you uh, recall anything that first was a culture shock? I think because I've been living abroad for most of my adult life, um, I've yeah, I don't really get culture shock, you know, it's just mm. a different thing and I just adapt to it. So, yeah, for me, I don't really just get culture shock. It's just something new and interesting that I have to adapt to. Mm-hmm. I suppose one interesting observation would be clothing. Like, um, even on the warm days, even people will still wear, like, a big coat. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting, like, because for me, like, people are looking at me like I'm crazy because here I am in my shorts <laughs> and T-shirt. <laughs> because I really do not feel uh, cold uh-huh. weather like normal people. Like I think maybe there actually might be something wrong with me because I can go through winter with no gloves, no scarf, like, you know, I'm sometimes wearing a hat, you know, and I feel fine. But um, yeah, so the clothing thing, like, but 
I think I'm the uh, the unusual one here. I think everyone else is normal, and I'm just a weirdo like that doesn't feel the cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also those people also thought that oh, that's one of those crazy foreigners <laughs> who is not wearing yeah. any winter clothes. <laughs> so, for um, what is your plan for like uh, near future? Are you planning to stay here in Mongolia teaching? Yeah, I'm planning to stay here. I've got no big plans to move um, to another country at the moment. Mm -hmm. Of course, at the moment with the COVID restrictions, that's it's much more difficult yeah. um, than it usually would be. And also, I'm very comfortable here, so there's no real pressing need to move on yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's great. And how how did you find the all this lockdown and COVID restriction? Are you are you okay? <laughs> And finally, it's getting question. better, and yes. Good question. Um, so I think really my job helped a lot mm -hmm. with weathering the lockdowns. Like, you know, for my students, I have to present this cheerful, happy face. Like, I can't be sure. feeling sorry for myself. I'm totally miserable. So my students helped me get through, like, the lockdown because, you know, they're young kids, they're always cheerful and usually energetic so that was a great psychological help i think for me um mm -hmm. also before the first one like um a friend who i think he works in parliament or something he said if you want to buy a thing big said now would be a good time to do it because things are probably going to close down so i bought a lot of exercise equipment so i could stay active during the lockdowns and that that mentally helped me each day to you know have that routine of work uh exercise and cooking things that mm -hmm. really helped me get through it yeah sure but i found like the lack of socializing to be quite challenging mm -hmm. like not meeting with friends and you know, meeting friends for dinner and stuff that's a big part of my social life so not having that for months and months yeah that was quite challenging mm -hmm. but it's you know not Plus, people like in the Gear District, they have such a bigger challenge in lockdown than I did, like with all the public bathhouses and stuff closing for months on end. So I really have a, I feel I really have no right to complain too much about the lockdowns. I spent it in a warm, comfortable apartment with electricity and internet. It wasn't that terrible, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, exactly same for me. Uh, psychologically or emotionally, it's sometimes it was hard, but actually if we think about it um, there's nothing to complain about like i have food and um, shelter everything so actually it's it has been better and uh, much better than any other people who are in the worst situation yeah yes. i think it's important to put things into perspective and sure. try and be optimistic about it sure have you um, do you speak mongolian a little bit or are you trying to learn I am trying to learn mm -hmm. and I really should be more proactive. The thing is, I don't really need it in the workplace because my colleagues speak English and my students definitely speak English. I mean, if we have a new student who doesn't speak any English, well, their classmates can do such a better job at translating stuff, you know, than I ever could. I mean, some of them six and seven and they can just direct translate like that. It's, it's mm -hmm. incredible. Like, you know, that's something I won't be able to do, I think age now is not on my side to be able to do that like but my plan is to take some mongolian lessons over the summer i found a language school and 
I plan to enroll in that, you know, soon and take some lessons mm -hmm. because I should speak more Mongolian than I do. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the, uh, there are some online speaking clubs and or I don't know, people are uh, socializing uh, through the some apps um, clubhouse and they're talking about so many different topics so I find it very uh, very helpful to learn a language for example um, I am trying to improve my Spanish and I'm just listening there quietly uh, when people are talking so maybe if you want to practice or start learning Mongolian you can start there I guess yeah um... I track the Mongolian news on each morning while I have mm -hmm. my breakfast and coffee, just so I start recognizing the sounds, you know, the phonetic sounds of the Mongolian language. And so I don't really understand much of what's going on. I get a rough idea of what's going on, but I can break the sounds. I know it's not all just one sound to me, if you know what I mean now. Now I can definitely, okay, it's a language. It's got definite structure to it. I just need to, you know, understand the words I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what is your plan for the summer? Um, yes. My mm -hmm. plan is to travel a bit, um, to go to Zafkan province, um, oh. explore that. Other than that, no major plans. Go hiking, enjoy being outside, um, you know, meet friends, have a fun summer and um, get ready for the next term, which is starting, I believe, on August the 15th this year. So, yes, yes different from the traditional September the 1st start. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. So I think everyone will try to do as, as you're planning because they have spent the whole half a year in the lockdown indoors. So I think just like everyone, we will just try to be as much as we can outside and travel and I think that's the plan for everyone else. Um, I think it's a great plan. Enjoy it while we can. Yes, enjoy it while we can, while we have the opportunity. Uh, people are saying that it's not good that small children as, uh, at age of five or six are speaking English but not, uh, not speaking Mongolian so they're um, when they get into the first grade, they just um, directly learn, start learning English and they're not learning their mother tongue. So how do you feel about that? And have you heard anything like um, comment and thoughts on this matter? So our school is a dual curriculum one. So they do learn Mongolian in kindergarten alongside English. So we want them to, you know, like have that balance with their native Mongolian language and English as well. Um, but yeah, like, you know, if you take some other international schools like ISU, I guess, you know, um, the focus is on English, you know, like maybe mm -hmm. more so than mm -hmm. their Mongolian. I think, I think that's a shame. I think, you know, your native um, L1, it can be so helpful as a toolkit to open another language. Um, mm -hmm. So I think there needs to be balance, you know, there shouldn't be the dominance of one language over the other in an international school. Like, 
Mm-hmm. You know, your language is part of your identity and your culture, sure. and I don't think that should be taken away. I don't think that's a good thing at all. Mm-hmm. Have you ever went to Playtime Festival? No, I haven't actually, but I'm excited that this year it's going to be happening, but in yes. August, mm-hmm. and um, you have to book a bit far in advance, but um, some local friends, they are very keen on going, and I'm keen on joining them and experiencing this festival, yeah. I love music, like, um, so I definitely want to go. I have also missed, like, um, the last four or five playtime, so also I'm quite excited to go. Do you have any interesting stories that you want to share about Mongolian culture or just living here in Mongolia that you think other people should hear, which is interesting? So the last time I was in Ahangai province, I went on um, cycling on the step, you know, um, and I can see on the distance, there's some sort of animal and it pretty big and muscular, you know, bit of a weird goat, mm-hmm. you know, and I get closer and closer and then it starts running towards me and I'm like, oh shit, it's a banker dog and it's furious, like, and I have to pedal so quickly, jump into this river to escape this angry, angry, you know, banker dog. It was, uh-huh. they're huge. It was quite terrifying actually with this dog running behind me and I'm like I think this is game over I'm going to be like killed by some giant fluffy dog that's really mad at me for intruding on its territory uh-huh. oh so, yeah like don't get close to the big fluffy dogs they're not as friendly as they look yes that's actually quite usual when you travel in the countryside and you get nearby the hot air and gear and there is always a bangar and you get yeah. <laughs> run after but you you have to be like you you don't show your fear you just need to shout like go away yeah uh in the end i would like to ask is there any advice that you would like to share uh, that you think you, people sh- should know when they come to Mongolia to live, to settle down, or to just visit or travel? Um, I would say, like, um, if you're coming here to live, I mean, one of the things you'll hear online as soon as you mention you're coming to Mongolia is, like, oh, the winters, you won't survive. It's unbearable. I mean, it's so cold. I would say, no, you'll be fine. Every, the heating everywhere, like, is pretty effective. Like, um, you people still carry on with their lives like the country won't just shut down in the winter like um you'll get used to it you know and just you know um explore as much as you can go out and explore the city as much as you can and the surrounding countryside you know it's a it's an amazing country to get involved in and learn about the culture and make local friends so yeah that would be my advice mm-hmm. thank you very much sebastian you're welcome you are welcome. Thank you so much. Um, do you have anything to ask from me? It's, um, it's up to you. It's last minute. <laughs> uh, what would be your number one destination to go to in Mongolia? Like, where would you recommend, like, a, a foreigner should visit in Mongolia? If they could go to one place, mm-hmm. where would you tell them to go? Outside of the city, maybe. Um, okay, let me think. And to be honest, I haven't been to uh, very nice spots that I should visit, but I have been to very few uh, amaks and very few places. Um, Actually, my parents and my 
grandparents are from Arhanga. And so that's where I go every, I try to visit my grandparents um, every, every summer. And that's the place I love and very beautiful. Of course, the nature is amazing. So I think I would, uh, from the places I have already visited myself, I would suggest, um, I would suggest Hufsud Lake, of course. And I think it's very, uh, I know it's kind of like a cliche and everybody says Hufsud Lake, but uh, I think people should go a little bit uh, to the north of the lake. Most of the uh, people and uh, just visit uh, the very uh, southern tip of the lake and there's a whole lot of tourist camps and girls. If you go to the northern, there's even much more beautiful place and there is a tap and there is, uh, but um, from the places I haven't visited, but I want to, I think I want to suggest Hergas Lake, listening to the experience of the team, which I have interviewed for the last time, I think that is the place people really should visit and see and have the view of those um, Mediterranean view of the lake. So that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I'll be putting that on my list, I think, of places to visit. So thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> Thank you very much. So thank you for your time and have a nice evening. Thanks, you too. Have a great evening. Thank you very much for listening. Please follow our channel on the podcast platform that you're using so that you won't miss new episodes. And if you want to share your thoughts and ideas, don't hesitate to reach out on modernmongolians at gmail.com. Bye, Slava, bye,